Well, hi everybody, it's Lisa Tamady here at Pushing the Limits. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I've got a solo cast for you today, and it's all around my top tips for success in whatever you're trying to achieve, your big dreams, your big visions. But before we get on to that, I just want to remind you guys, you can reach out to me if you want to ask me any questions around running, around mindset, around nutrition, fitness, all the stuff that we love to talk about on here. Please reach out to me, lisa at lisatamady.com. Um, if you would be so kind as to do a rating and review on iTunes or on your favorite podcast app, that would also be really, really appreciated. It's uh, something that's really important for shows to get exposure is when they get ratings and they move up the charts and that's how it all works. So if you enjoy the content that we put out, um, we'd really appreciate your support in keeping the show alive by showing us uh, and giving us a rating and review. And of course, we'd love to actually hear from you. Now, we have got a live weekend seminar coming up, a running seminar in Havelock North on the 31st of August and the 1st of September this year. Uh, if you want to come and hang out with us, I'll put some uh, links in the show notes or just head over to lisatarmity.com. You can find out more there where you can register for that live weekend running retreat where we're going to teach you everything around running and have a great time together. Go for a run up the Tomato Peak on the Sunday as well. So you're going to have a fantastic weekend. Come and hang out with the crew. It'd be really neat to have you there. Um, and before we get underway too, I just wanted to give you a bit of an update, guys, on the book. I've got my third book, Relentless, coming out. Gosh, I'm not, I can't even give you guys a date yet because it's all up in the air with you know cover designs and formatting and printing and you wouldn't have a clue what goes into publishing a book. It's a um, really, really long process, I can tell you. It's taken me a lot longer, so I can't give you an absolute date yet. But we have gone now through the third and final edit and we are heading into the formatting phase and we're ramping up all the launch activities. So if you want to get on my pre-launch VIP list here when my uh, book does drop finally, then please also head over to my website at lisatarmity.com and you can sign up there for the, the pre-launch uh, list and we'll let you know about launch events, we'll give you discounts, we're going to have uh, special bonuses for those people that uh, order uh, in the pre-launch phase, so make sure you don't miss out on all the fun there. Right, that all being done and said now, we've done all the housework, let's get to the real meat of today's show. Um, I'm you know, love, you, you will know if you listen to my show that I'm really, really big on developing and improving your mindset, on uh, developing more mental toughness and developing a really strong uh, mental approach to life so that you can achieve the dream. So this one is all about my top rules, if you like, for success and for develop, developing a winning mindset. So I'm going to take you through a number of things and I've actually done a blog on this as well on my website. You can go to my latest blog on lisatarmity.com and read it all again so that you don't forget it all and honestly there is so much value packed into this um, if you could actually instigate and take some of these lessons I'm sure it would help improve your approach to life and the potential that you have because you know on the show we're called pushing the limits and I'm all about pushing my limits and all about reaching our potential and doing whatever we want in life and not being trapped in cages and not being feeling like we didn't 
do our best and achieve the most out of our lives. So with that said, I'm going to get into my list today. So the first thing that you have to know, rule number one, and this one's a pretty basic one, but I have to reiterate it because you can't hear it enough. Uh, you must, must, must have a vision. You must have a really clear and concrete goal that you need to aim for. Um, if you don't set a goal, you will wander aimlessly around like a plane that hasn't got its uh, coordinates put in and you'll, you, know, you won't be going anywhere. You'll never hit where you actually want to achieve. Um, and you won't actually know when you've succeeded, so you won't have any markers to measure yourself by. So it's really important that you set a clear, defined, you would have heard of all SMART goals, you know, measurable, attainable, you know, all of those sort of things. And having it time-bound is also really important. So articulating that goal that you have and making it something really, really clear in your mind. And this can take a little while. And we have a number of goals in life. We have different goals in different areas. So if you take the time to sit down one day and to really do some self-reflection on exactly what it is that you want to aim for and that you want to achieve in life so that you can start to create a plan to get there. Now, it's important not only to follow your own dreams and goals and visions and to go for them, but I also want you to understand that you should never subordinate yourself to the wishes of others, even if they're your parents or the ones that love you, your partner. If you take on other people's goals um, and they're not things that resonate with you and your true spirit and your, your, your insides, if they don't really resonate with you, then you are are far less likely to actually succeed. And if you do succeed, you are likely to be quite miserable in that success and it won't actually mean too much to you. Your goals have to align with your values. And that means that whatever is important to you not to anybody else is what you should be going after. And these are as unique to you as your fingerprints. I want to give you just a little you know, example that I'm sure you can all relate to. Uh, when I was growing up, I, you know, I've said it a few times on this podcast, I had a bit of a hard-ass dad. He was a great dad, but he was tough. And he really wanted us to achieve in every area. It certainly wanted us to represent New Zealand in sport. He wanted me to be a top uh, corporate business person. Um, and he wanted me to be an accountant, for starters. That's, he thought that was a good place for me to start. So I went after the stream of being an accountant. Now, can you imagine anything less like an accountant than me? I mean, that's just completely not who I am. But the school teachers said, yes, you're actually talented at this type of stuff. You should be doing it. You're scoring well on the test. The problem is, I hated it. And this wasn't me. And I spent two and a half years going down that track and on the way to becoming an accountant and had scholarships and was doing really well, but hated every second of it. And the moral of the story is on the third year, I took off and I left and I didn't finish that goal. And that was because, partly the reason because I wasn't following my own dreams. I was subordinating my wishes, and because I had no clear vision myself, I didn't know exactly what I wanted. I was easy to lead in whichever direction I seemed to be doing well in school and whatever Dad really wanted me to do. So it's really important that you understand that your dreams have to come from within you, not from outside. They've got to be something that you're actually passionate about. Um, the next 
point I wanted to make is um, point number three, if you like. There are no magic bullets. There are no knights in shining armour. They're probably not going to win the lotto and that you're going to have to you rescue yourself and take ownership of your life and your dreams. If you're sitting around waiting for your lotto ticket to come up, waiting for your ship to come in in some way, shape or form, or some magic thing that's going to save you, um, and many of us have this sort of subconscious belief that, you know, something amazing is going to happen, we're going to inherit something, we're going to win lotto, we're going to do this or that, and it's really fooling ourselves. We have to take responsibility for our own lives, take responsibility and ownership of where we're at now and understand that it's the hard work, it's starting from ground zero and working your way forward and that there is no magic bullets. You know, often I get this in, in running, you know, what's the magic trick that you did to be able to do super long ultra marathons? What's the magic? There is no magic trick. Oh, did you get into the, into the uh, what do they call it, that runner's high and then you were in this amazing space in your mind? No, you know? Yeah, you would be in there for five minutes and then you'd be back in the, in the, in the hurt locker. That's the truth of it. You, there are no magic bullets. And I know in my own business um, endeavours, I've had this tendency to do this myself where um, desperately can't work something out. In my case, it's, you know, we're running online businesses, all very technical, a lot of digital stuff. And that's not my forte. And for a long time, I was looking for someone to take that part of the of responsibility off me so that I could just get on with the stuff that I wanted to do and that I was good at. And that is definitely still my aim to build up a team around me so that I can concentrate on the things where I'm a genius at, where I'm really good at, or the things that I love and I'm passionate about and I can do the most good. However, to get to that point, I had to go through the shit. I had to go through the crappy times of having to learn stuff I didn't want to do. And when I finally gave up that there was no magic person who was going to come in and go, oh, yeah, you're amazing, I'll show you how to do it all and do it all for me, that, that, you know, and, and I spent a lot of money searching for this magic person or this magic team of people, and that doesn't exist. Yes, building a team as an entrepreneur is an absolute essential thing, but under, you have to go through the hard yards. You have to uh, have been in the trenches in all the different areas so that when you do pass over uh, some skills or some things, responsibilities to people, that you understand what it is you're looking for in that person and that you understand what they need to be doing and that you can dive in there and, and, and make sure that you understand what they're actually up to. When you don't and you just hand it off to someone, say you bring in a consultant and say, well, you do my Facebook ads. And if you don't know anything about Facebook, just an, an example that we've had in our business, then you're going to fall flat on your face because anybody can tell you anything. You don't understand the system. They may not understand your business and what's required. And so it's a recipe for disaster. When you're in the trenches yourself, you have, you've gone through the process of learning enough to get you to a point 
so that you can then pass on that responsibility. So what's the relevance to this in your life? Don't go looking for magic bullets. Whether it's in your health, whether it's in your business, or whether it's in your sporting endeavours, there's no cheating, there's no shortcuts. It's only bloody hard work and determination and getting through all the obstacles as they come up. And I see this a lot, this magic bullet um, psychology, if you like, in regards to health a lot. Um, people are generally not willing to put in the hard yards to do the research to work out what's going on in their bodies when they've got a, an issue uh, and they just want the quick fix. They want to be able to go to their local doctor, be given a pill and it's all fixed. And this is an overly simplistic uh, viewpoint on, on your health. We are very intricate, complex um, animals and we have uh, you know, just taking a pill to fix one problem can cause other problems, and we know this, you know. Um, and having a reliance on little white pills uh, as to be the answer for you when you get sick stops you taking responsibility in time so that you don't get sick, it stops you taking all those responsible steps to stop yourself getting there, and it also gives you this, this false sense of security that there's an answer for your ill. So if, you know, for example, I can go through life abusing my body, and then when something goes wrong, I'll just go to the doctor and I'll get a pill for it, and we'll be right as rain. And this sort of mentality is pervasive. We need to understand, especially in regards to our health, that we need to take ownership. We need to be the ambulance at the top of the cliff, not at the bottom of the cliff. We need to be looking at pre pre preventative stuff, and we need to actually, as, as single people, we need to take responsibility for our own health, make our own decisions. Now, that's not to say you don't go to your doctor and get their advice, but don't leave it at that. That isn't the only way, and they aren't always right. And your local doctor might not have all the access to all the information, and he or she is very, very busy, and you might only have 10 minutes, and it really pays to look outside the square. I mean, I know this really intimately with the journey that I've been on with my mum for the last three and a half years, also with my own health, and I look after a lot of other people um, with through our coaching companies and also just with family members who, you know, come to me uh, and want answers. And I go and I research and I get really deep into the research until I find answers. And that approach has has seen me achieve things that um, other people have found impossible. You know, I was told that I had to have a full hysterectomy a couple of years ago, that I had uh, major, major problems, and, and I was going to die, basically, if I didn't, because I was bleeding so badly all the time. Too much information. But the upshot of that was I did not have the hysterectomy, and I did not die. I found a third way. And it took me a year to do it, and a lot of pain and a lot of suffering in that time, but I I actually got to the bottom of what was going on and I fixed it. The moral of the story is the same, the same thing happened with mum. Of course, as you, you guys who listen to the show regularly will, will, will remember, you know, we weren't given any, any hope really that she would ever have any sort of quality of life again and now look at her go. She's just absolutely amazing and that's what my third book's about. So the moral of the story is... In regards to magic bullets, they do not exist. That knight on the shining armour that's going to come by and rescue you out of your situation isn't coming. You're going to have to get yourself out of it. You're going to have to do the hard work if you want to get there. The, number, the, the, th the fourth point that I wanted to uh, bring across is 
you know, some of my top rules for success is um, never be afraid to fail. You know, we're taught in our school system and in our society that failing is bad and we never want to fail, we never want to lose a game of rugby, we never want to uh, make a wrong decision on an investment, we never want to do anything wrong in business and fail. We have this mentality that failure is a bad thing and I want to tell you that failure is just feedback. Failure is the best teacher you can possibly have. It's not always a pleasant thing but if we let the fear of failure paralyze ourselves we will never push outside of our comfort zones and we will not understand what we're capable of and when we push outside and when we take the risks and when we get over our fears and we then still fail we come back learning something. We have to be resilient. We have to be, I think if there was one skill that you could teach children, it would be resilience. And it's not an easy thing to teach, but um, teaching children and young people that they should never fail is absolutely ridiculous. Failing does not mean you are dumb or that you are a failure. Failure in, in respect to a project or a situation or a business or a sporting event is just feedback for what might have gone wrong. And then you can analyze it, you can look at it, and once you've gotten over the hurt of it and the, the devastation sometimes, um, and speaking as someone who's failed some pretty freaking <laughs> miserable situations, I know what I'm talking about in both business, in my personal relationships, in my sporting endeavours, but the key thing that I've learned is to stand back up again and to go again and to make the best of those learnings and to then do it better next time. You will never sit in front of a super successful entrepreneur who has not failed somewhere along the way. You will never sit in front of a top level athlete who has not failed somewhere, who DNF'd somewhere, who didn't make the, the, the cut there. These people know how to stand up again. And when we teach people not to fail, that they should never risk, they should never fail, um, then we're teaching them, we're doing them an absolute disservice, I think. Um, and our society teaches us that failing is all bad. But <clears throat> it's not. We need to be failing on a regular basis and just using it as a learning curve. You are either winning or you are learning. And both of those things are valuable. And if you never take a leap of faith, never push yourself to reach your goal, you will never know what you could have achieved. So failure is feedback. That's all it is. It's just teaching you to move forward and to do it better next time. Number five on the list. This one is stop saying I don't have time to dot, dot, dot. You know, we all get 24 hours in a day, and if we sleep for seven or eight of those, that still leaves a hell of a chunk of time to get stuff done. What we need to do, however, is to manage our time so that, and most importantly, our energy wisely. It's about how much energy do you have, not so much about how much time do you have, so that you do the high priority things when you've got the energy to do them. And that means putting, you know, doing the planning planning ahead of time and this is something that I've fought against because I hate structure, I hate having rules, I hate having plans and schedules to uh, hold me back but 
what it actually does when you do do some planning is that it actually is a freedom. It provides a structure. And yes, things will change and the things won't go to plan, of course. They never do. But if you have a plan in place, you have something. It's like having a goal. You have something to aim for. So what's really important about this is that we need to prioritize the top things into our plan first. And you have to work out what those priorities are for you. But I would suggest that at one of those things at the top of that pile should be your health and your fitness. Too often I hear people come and say to me, I don't have time to train. That is bollocks, absolute rubbish. Everybody can find some time to train. And it might not be in a one-hour block. You do not need an hour to train in order to do something for your body. If you only have 10 minutes because you're really working the other 18 hours, you still have time to do 10 minutes of activity a day, if that's all you really do. And I don't believe. Most of us have got times when we're... Um, just tired, we want to just blob out, and all of those things are important, okay? Recovery is important, sleep is important, and that's why putting these important aspects into your schedule first is really, really important. Time with your family, time for your training and your health, time for your learning and development, all these things can be scheduled in ahead of just playtime, you know, um, or just scrolling through social media or doing things that really are wasting your time, you know. So be a bit more strategic with your time management and your energy management. I, for example, know that if I've got some really deep intellectual work to do, then I need to be doing that if possible in the early you know, morning hours. Or once I get up, I do my morning routine, and you know, that's a subject for another day, having a really good start to the day. I do all that, and then I do the most difficult things on my list of to-dos as far as my business. And this is stuff that's getting you know, strategic work for my business. It's not just answering emails or reacting. It's planning so that I actually do the stuff that's most important before I go and do all the little, little things that come and annoy you throughout the day, like thousands of messages and thousands of emails and phone calls and all that sort of good stuff that pulls your attention and distraction. So get that important stuff out of the way. I also know what time of the day my body trains best, and I don't always get to do it at that time, but I try to. I try to work with my energy systems, and this is where understanding your genetics, and we do uh, epigenetics testing um, through our company, which you would have heard me talk about about before so I know all these things about my body, what time to do the intellectual work, what time to do my training, how many meals a day I should be having, what foods I should be having. But if you don't have that, just start to listen to your body when it's got its highs and its lows, you know. If you're having a real slump at three o'clock in the afternoon, it's probably actually you're probably having something that at lunchtime that wasn't great. But it can be that your cortisol is out, your adrenals are not up to scratch, and you're just having that slump. Well, that's not the time to be programming in your deep intellectual work, is it? That's not when you should be doing it, if at all possible. Um, and we all, you know, we've all got restrictions on, on us with kids, with, with times we've got to be at work and, and so on. So you have to work it around, but make it the best that you can do for yourself. And stop saying, I don't have time to. It's just another excuse. Um, and make sure that you are prioritizing your health and your well-being. And that means balance, that means time out, that means meditation. You know, it's, it, those things can't come last on the list.
It just can't, uh, you know, if you do, then you'll burn out and then you'll be no good to anybody. Um, the number six, uh, the sixth thing on the list, I want you to understand that every time that you set a goal and you have a challenge and you have a dream, somebody's going to, you know, pee on your parade. There are always going to be naysayers in life and I want you to understand you never ever have to listen to naysayers. Sometimes we can't get away from the people who are the biggest naysayers because they're our closest relatives and so on. Um, people that are, that are closest to us that tell you things like, you know, it's impossible and you can't do that. Or who the hell do you think you are? You can't achieve that. When you hear those words from anybody, I want you to turn them around in your head to say, actually, all I'm hearing is it is possible and I can do that. Turn it around in your head. Uh, people have told me my entire life, I can't do this or I can't do that. And I just use that as oil on the fire. It puts a fire in my belly to actually prove them wrong. And I use that as a motivating force to power me through those rough times when I feel like giving up. And then I think about those people that told me I couldn't do it and I go, nah, damn you, I'm going to show you. And having that, that, that extra bit of motivation is actually the best thing they could have done for you if you turn it into, around in your head. If, on the other hand, you believe all the people who are naysayers who tell you you can't do something and you'll take weak action because of that, then they're going to be right. It's like putting a curse on someone when you tell people you can't do that or, you, you know, it. it and this is why I'm a big believer in when people have a vision, a dream, this I sort out with them if it's realistic and, if, and that doesn't mean it can be a small goal, but it needs to have some substance to it. They need to have thought things through. They need to have some planning. They need to know the downside as well as the upside. But if they've gone through that whole process and they still want it, then you get alongside them and you help them get there and you point the direction and you support them when they hit a wall. If we all did this more for ourselves and for others around us, our friends and our family, we'd all achieve so much more in life. You know, and this is why surrounding yourself with people who are like-minded, getting coaching from people who've been there and done that and shortcutting the process, why reinvent the wheel, go through all the hell when somebody out there is an expert and I can learn directly from the best. Why, why go around, you know, trying to work it all out myself? You know, if I, like I'm always studying. I'm studying in the moment investment and real estate. I'm studying uh, science and health science and epigenetics and uh, biochemistry. You know, I'm constantly learning. And I don't go to Joe Average teacher. I go to the best teachers and I find them. And you can do that nowadays with the internet. You can find the top leading people in the, these areas and you can learn and you can improve from the best. You don't have to go to university to get an education. You can do that from, you know, if you've got a, a smartphone, you've got a computer, you've got access to the best in the damn world. And that is a really great way to keep educating yourself. And that sort of leads me on to one of the other um, things that I wanted to mention. If you can set aside a half to a full hour a day for the thing that you want to improve on, whether that's mental improvement, whether that's physical improvement, whether that's studying, whether that's learning a musical instrument, doesn't matter. You might think it's an impossible dream, but if you can chunk it down into half an hour a day, just half an hour or an hour if you can get to that much, then imagine 
Where the hell are you going to be in 365 days? How far ahead are you going to be? Don't understand, underestimate sorry, these tiny micro-commitments and these can really lead to huge, huge results. Um, so commit to improving something in your life for that half to an hour every day. Uh, and learning a new skill and advancing your education and improving your sporting performance and concentrating for one hour a day, come rain or snow, doesn't matter what happens, that you commit to doing that. Because when you do, then you, I tell you, the, the amount that you can actually learn within a year is absolutely insane and you can become an expert on whatever it is that you're wanting to do. Another point that I wanted to bring up is in order to perform at your best, you need to be relaxed and balanced and you need to be emotionally balanced. So prioritizing your mental and physical health must be at the top of, of everybody's list. We need to manage stress and we need to have a calm mind and we need to move in nature every day. So if we, I'm going to set this uh, sort of idea for you. You should never ever make a decision or set a goal or do anything major in your life if you're in a hyper or excited or euphoric state. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> um, <coughs> oh, wrong way. I'm getting excited. So if you do when you're in a euphoric state, and that can be, you know, having some wines at the pub with your mates and you're not really in your right mind, then you're really liable to set unrealistic goals. Uh, and you're liable also to uh, underestimate the obstacles that are ahead of you and what it's actually going to cost you. And everything will look easy if you're in a hyper or excited or euphoric state. It will look like it's a, yeah, piece of cake, I'm going to do this thing, right? After five beers at the pub, running that marathon seems like a piece of cake. I think we get all, you get where I'm heading with this. So everything will look easy. Um, and by the same token, though, you should never make a really important decision or set a goal or change something major in your life if you are in a depressed or an angry or frustrated state. In this case, you will set the bar too low. You will overestimate the obstacles and the problems, and you won't have the power to overcome them. So make important decisions and goals when you are in a really balanced emotional state so that you can see objectively all the facts and make an informed and not an emotional decision. An example of this is when I have athletes who go and do some mammoth event, say an ultramarathon or a multi-day stage race, especially if this has been overseas in a different cultural environment uh, or out in nature somewhere really remote, and... Um, they come back from this in a completely altered state of consciousness. They're not quite themselves. You know, they've been through something huge and they are physically and often emotionally exhausted. And when they come back home, they're often lost for weeks, unsettled, confused, and, and they're in a sort of an altered state, I'd like to say. And they need time to integrate the experience and the new learnings that this experience has given them. So I tell them in this time, please do nothing rash. Don't make any stupid decisions. Don't get divorced. Don't get pregnant. Don't take any drugs. In other words, don't do anything that you might regret when you come back to your normal state of balanced emotions. So that's an extreme example, but 
um, you get where I'm going. If you're angry, if you're sad, if you're depressed, you're not going to make good goals and you're not going to make your, your visions very good. And by the same token, if you're completely hyper and in a manic state and really super excited, then you're not going to make good goals either. To have good decision-making abilities, you need to be centered and calm and rational because only then can your prefrontal cortex, which is your logical brain, actually do its conscious thinking and look at the whole spectrum of advantages of disadvantage, pros and, pros and cons, and make an informed decision, if that makes sense. So make sure that you're making these decisions in a really calm state. Um, <clears throat> what else have I got on my list here? Um, set a higher purpose for yourself. When I've done some major things in, in the sporting sense, um, then I've had much more power to actually achieve them when I wasn't just doing it for myself. In my case, running for charities, for example. You're far more likely to pull, and this can be even like, not just from the altruistic point of view, which is really important, you know, that we're giving back, that we're doing this for other people, and we're far more, far more likely to pull out all the stops when we're actually responsible for other people, when we're doing it for a cause, because it makes it bigger than ourselves. And I think each one of us actually wants to do something big in this world. Most of us want to have a positive impact. We want to improve other people's lives. We want to help. And when we do this, we pull out the best in ourselves. And it actually becomes, you know, it's quite a selfish thing in, in a way, because you actually you know, you get to perform at a higher level because you're actually wanting to do good in the world for somebody else. So tying your dreams and your goals and your visions with a higher purpose can really pull the best out of you and give you uh, that extra edge that you need to actually see it through. In, in my case, for example, running through New Zealand for charity, for Cure Kids and for Canteen, you know, running over 500 k's a week, um, trying to do 2,250 kilometres, and my body was just absolutely breaking to pieces. I was smashed beyond imagine. The pain was insane. The the, the hours on the road, the, the, the slowness of, of, you know, it was just getting slower and slower, and my body was breaking down more and more. And if I hadn't had those kids from Canteen come out, kids dealing with cancer, and I hadn't been, you know, actually confronted with what they were dealing with, I wouldn't have had the power to pull that out of myself for my own ego. Um, it was, you know, so much more motivating to think, I've got to help these kids, I've got to do something for them, and I've, you know, what I'm going through is nothing compared to what they're going through. So having a new perspective on life is really, really important. So those are my top rules for success. I hope that uh, has given you, there's actually a ton in this, in this podcast. You really probably should go and listen to it a couple of times because honestly it's probably my life's work rolled into one uh, speech <laughs> there's a lot of stuff to get through there um, and even if you just act on one or two of the things that I've told you um, you know it'll be really really beneficial in your life I'm sure there is one last area that I wanted to cover before I go I want you to make sure that your goals aren't just pie in the sky and unrealistic fantasies because when you set a fantasy, you're setting yourself up for failure. Now, this is not to say that your goals can't be huge. I mean, obviously, I'm into big goals and doing crazy stuff. 
Um, but what you need is stepping stones to aim for, so sub-goals, if you like. Uh, if you set unrealistic huge goals with no pathway forward to get there, then you're dooming yourself to failure from the outset. You know, for example, if you want to earn millions of dollars a year or say, you know, you've got the stream to be wealthy and, and, and so on, and you have this huge goal, but currently you're in a job and you're earning $100,000 a year. So then setting a figure of, say, $5 million a year as a goal will just serve to demotivate you because you won't, you'll, it will seem impossible to reach. It will seem too far away. But if you set an incremental figure within a fixed time frame, then you'll get your creative juices flowing and you'll find ways to get around. So if I said to you, okay, you're earning 100000 a year at the moment, all right, within the next six months, we want to up that to uh, 120000 a year. How the hell are you going to do that if your life depended on it? I tell you, if your life depended on it, you'd find a way. And this is where understanding the perception and understanding how you get there and how you break it down into sizable chunks that you can actually cope with is really, really important so that you have an action plan for each of your goals. Just setting a big unrealistic goal is just too far away and will demotivate you. So if you have a, a goal that's actually a fantasy and is not aligned with your values and is not actually realistic for where you are right now, then you're dooming yourself to failure. You can have those massive goals, but then you need to set the sub-goals that you will need to get there with realistic time frames in them. So that you can't, you know, I've got a couple of people at the moment looking at doing the Badwater Ultra Marathon, and they're starting, you know, quite uh, with not so much experience at the moment. And they want to know, if, is it possible? Yes, it's possible, but it's not possible in 12 months. It's possible in a three to four year time period, you know, and that's what we're working towards and understanding that and then building that into the process and how we're going to do that and how we're going to manage each section of it, if that makes sense. So I just wanted to finish off with that today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this has been of benefit. If you could please reach out and let me know if any of this stuff helps you. I would really, really appreciate you doing a rating, a review, and or even just emailing me and letting me know because you know sometimes you feel like you're speaking into the ether, and it's really nice to get feedback from people's lives that you have helped. That's what keeps me going. Once again, it's all about the higher purpose for me. It is all about uh, giving back and, and helping others and giving people shortcuts to some of the learnings that I've had to go through the hard way, if you like. And it's not that I'm there. Uh, I'm constantly learning from top coaches and mentors all the time. And um, I, I think it's really important that we have support networks around us. And I hope that I've been able to coach and mentor you a little bit today with some of these things. So thanks very much for listening and we'll see you again soon.